to the Word of God. Rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You are indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. For I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Well, as we come to the end of the, of the book of Philippians, um, and the last verses of it, I want to speak particularly of contentment and friendship. Um, contentment and friendship. How contentment relates to our various relationships uh, with people. Um, partially because I think that may be one of the most difficult sides of contentment. It's not just what situation we're in. It's not just the, the stuff we have. It's also relating to, relating to particular people, relating to individuals. Um, I think we all, we all walk around kind of insecure of what other people think of us. Um, I'm insecure of what you think of me every time that I stand up here and, 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 and what I say. Um, I think we're constantly like, like rechecking and looking for reassurances of, of do you like me and how much do you like me and how, how good friends are we and uh, did you actually delete me from your Facebook profile and why didn't I see these updates? And it, it, it matters. We have this insecurity about it. It's difficult to be content in it. And maybe sometimes it's hard to, hard to find true friends um, where you can just be yourself. Uh, and be like really yourself, not the, not the self that you want people to think of you and just see you in, but people who can see you when you're, when you're messy and when you're like confused and when you're hurting and when you're off. Um, where you can let people see your unique oddities, where your weird sense of humor is still appreciated and you feel comfortable making comments because uh, people enjoy you in it. And when you can let others into your struggles and your faults, and when you, when you find friendships like that, right, they matter so much to us. They're the things that we, that we hold on to, people that we can just count on and be ourselves with. And, and also, if we don't trust people that much, then we, there's a tendency to kind of stay away from or at least hold parts of ourselves back because we don't know, what will you think of me if I actually show you my weird sense of humor? Um, and and even, even when it comes to the people that we feel like, Pretty sure, yeah, they, they like me. Like, yeah, they're my friend. Um, you can still be afraid of, like, losing that relationship. What if something happened? 
Maybe it's just people that graduate and move. Uh, maybe it's uh, but, but maybe other things happen to you and you start to there's a distance there. There's hurt there. We want to want to be able to hold on to it. Um, <coughs> contentment and friendship. Uh, partially because I want to talk about that because friendship is one of those difficult aspects of, of contentment. But also because that's really part of the theme of Philippians. We've been talking about in terms of uh, contentment. It's often talked about contentment and joy. All right, rejoicing in things. Um, but, it's, but also one of the uh, underlying themes in Philippians is, is friendship. In fact, a number of the different commentators, I guess you like some of these commentators and all, like talk about the book primarily as a letter of friendship. You know, looking into the aspects of the relationship between Paul and the church in Philippi and how he relates to them, this, uh, this partnership uh, that they have. In fact, real early uh, in, the, in the book, um, right after the greeting, in verse 3, it says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, um, in every prayer of mine for, all, uh, for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership. Because of your partnership in the gospel, uh, your fellowship, your friendship that we have together. Um, you see that, I think, throughout, uh, throughout this book. So what we're going to do, and you have the kind of outline on your, on your sheet there, is, is look at kind of three different angles uh, of, of, from this passage about contentment and, and friendship. Um, and I want to encourage you to be uh, asking uh, yourself as well, like, what, do you, um, what do you look for in a friendship? What is it that you're seeking after in those friendships? Uh, and why? Maybe, maybe what do you, what do you give in a friendship? Um, what, what kind of friend do you look to be? What, why do you give um, those things? Um, and, uh, and even what do you, what do you need from others in a relationship? Um, to be asking yourself, how does, how does this work out in your relationships and your friendships with various different people? So, so three different slides, and the first, uh, first slide that we want to look at, the first point is, is being content. And that you really can, that the gospel of Christ enables us to be content in friendships, in relationships. And the whole letter is looking at different sides of, uh, different sides of contentment, um, even to the point where he goes like, rejoice in the Lord always. And in whatever situation and circumstances, there's even a, there's even a joy in it. So the question is, how can that kind of overarching gospel joy, uh, even in the difficulties, ups and downs in life, how can that overarching gospel joy, how does that impact relationships? How does that impact the, the people that we deal with and how we relate to them? <clears throat> you can think of specific friendships. Uh, think of people that you really care about, uh, that deeply, deeply matter to you. They're in your mind often. You can think of particular people you deal with, even like the, the difficult people. People you wish you didn't have to deal with as much. Uh, they're still part of your life, part of your circle, maybe part of your family, part of your group. Um, and, and, and to say, how could, this, how could this underlying joy bring a greater uh, freedom to love to your interactions? Because if you have contentment in the gospel, then as it comes to, this, comes to these relationships, it brings a freedom to just openly uh, love one another. And at the root of this contentment, uh, maybe one of the clearest places that it's seen is in verse 19 here. I love this verse. Uh, and, and coming back to this and meditating on it more. Uh, right, verse 19 is an awesome statement. It says, And my God will supply every need. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 
I wish I could impart like the just the beauty of the truth of that statement. Um, and we would be able to grab hold on that and, and live out of that. This is the truth of the gospel. He's bringing that. I mean, just imagine if your every need was really like filled, was really was really satisfied. Um, I don't mean just like physical need. You have food. You have shelter or the stuff that you have. Um, or just that the, uh, that the body that you need is, 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 what you, uh, is what you look like, or the Xbox that you need is your Christmas present or, or whatever, uh, or the grades that you need or the money that you need, not just physical stuff like that, even, even emotionally, right, that we bring into the situations that we're in, uh, the comfort that you need when it's hurt, it's filled, um, the love that you need to feel valuable, uh, to feel like you matter, even to feel confident is there. The approval that you want to feel successful, uh, to feel secure, and needs filled. Uh, acceptance that lets you be open, that lets you admit your struggles without worry of the consequences is, is there. You can rest in it, have meaning and purpose and even energy to, to pour out into things. Physically, emotionally, and even, even spiritually, right? To be complete and whole and healthy, not, not guilty or, or unfulfilled or, or restless, kind of searching after what's going to satisfy or just or feeling empty. Uh, but instead, real inward peace uh, and tranquility um, and joy. It kind of takes a bit of imagination to actually be able to picture that. Um, you have to have a, have a good and healthy imagination and say, what would, what would that be like? What would it be like to, to live in those circumstances? And how those different circumstances would it, would it suit you? But it would be amazing, right? If every need of yours was, was satisfied, all the physically, emotionally, spiritually, the whole, the whole thing, like everything you need, you, you have is there. Um, so, so what are your needs that still linger? Like, well, let's not let's not pretend uh, that there's not needs that we that we feel. We all we all feel them. If we start making out a list, we could we could make out a pretty long list. Uh, things that we lack, and things that we that we want, things that we we need. Maybe finances really are tight right now. Um, maybe uh, maybe family issues drag you down. Thanksgiving's great, but this is the other side of it. Um, maybe the pressure of the end of the semester and tests and future. Um, maybe, maybe sometimes you feel like no one understands you. Uh, like no one cares. Like the people that you're around and you're open to extent, but, but who, really, who really is with you? Sometimes we just get tired of ourselves. I get tired of myself. Uh, or tired of the situation that we're in. Or tired of how other people are always treating us. Um, but you, you know a lot of the particular needs that you feel. Um, <laughs> So here again, just the beauty of this statement of what, what Paul says to us in the gospel. He says, my God will supply every need of yours uh, according uh, to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's not just making a wish here. Right, the, uh, um, I think it's right to translate it as a statement. The NIV has, may God uh, 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 provide this for you. May God grant you. Uh, may God supply you every need of yours. <clears throat> even, even if it's a prayer, it's a prayer that's also, that's also answered. But it's written, I think rightly, as a, as a statement. God will 
supply every need of yours. Um, and I'll say this, I don't know what all is on that list. I haven't made out a full list of what all things I think. God knows every specific need that you have. He's more aware of it than, than you are. Um, and and he's, he's taking care of you. He's able to do that. He, suppl- he supplies it by giving you himself. By giving you his son in the gospel, in the fullness of it. Because like, everything that's good is found in him and comes, comes from him. And he will supply every uh, need of yours. Now, right, admittedly, like there's no side to it, right? We don't understand all that our needs are. We're going to say certain things are needs and maybe aren't, aren't, aren't needs or maybe we don't understand how it needs to work out. Uh, but the... Um, uh, you know, the gospel is not the, not the fad diet that's going to give you, take off those extra pounds and give you the, uh, the body that you want. The gospel is not the, the study help that you, that you uh, feel like you need to make sure that you get A's on all your exams. It's not the lottery ticket for you to win a million dollars, right? Like, it's not, at the same time, I, I want to be careful that I'm not undercutting the sense that it has every need. Um, and God means it. That's a promise that he, that he fulfills. Um, God's already providing every need for you right now, but he'll also supply it uh, fully at Christ's return. Supply it fully and for eternity. So take the things I just mentioned. Um, I, I guess it's not the sad die for you to have the perfect body, but, um, but then when Christ returns, you will have a perfect body. You'll have a glorified body that's like, that's like Christ. I don't know what all that, that means or what it looks like, uh, but it, it, it's what he's promised. A, a deeper understanding of things, you'll, money problems, that you, you'll inherit all the riches of heaven. They belong to you as the child of God. These are the promises that he's made uh, for eternity. But that contentment and that joy even has, has already begun. Right, the, the promise has already been made. It's already been made and it's already been assured. There's even a guarantee, a down payment placed on it that Christ has sent his spirit to us. So we have, we have the experience of it now through the spirit, uh, of the full hope of the gospel. Christ has accomplished it. The spirit's been sent. We get, to, we get to rest in that promise. We get to experience it. We don't have it in full yet, I know. But we get to experience it now, waiting for the fullness of the reality that we get now. Um, do you know that God has met the need for your forgiveness? Um, the answer to my question is no, we don't. Yes, we do, but no, no, we don't. Because whenever I mess up, what do I do? I beat myself up over it. Um, and I feel like, man, are people, gonna, are people still going to respect me or like me if they find out this? Not that I'm still working on my sermon like late into the day and a little bit later getting here than I wanted to because I'm still working on this mess, right? Um, oh no, don't worry about it. That's true. That's true. <coughs> um, <coughs> these are, did you know that uh, God has supplied your need for love in the gospel? Uh, that God, God loves you. He has loved you so much that he has given up his son to redeem you, to rescue you, to take you into his family and call you his. Call you his own child. Um, man, I want to know that. And I want you to know that. Um, that we can walk around going, man, all this is going on, but it's, it's not hap- all this hard stuff happening, but it's not because God doesn't like me. It's not because I messed up and didn't do well enough. Or I should have read my Bible more and then, then these things would have happened and we got a better grade on it. Um, 
God's love is, is poured out for you through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us, uh, through Christ rescuing us. Not holding back on it at all. That need is met. Uh, we get to experience it now. We're, we're learning the taste of it, and we'll see it in fullness when Christ returns. But that, that need is here. The, the assurance, uh, the approval, the, the sense of, of purpose, even security that things aren't going to be taken away is all yours in Christ. Uh, every need God has supplied. Um, and, and he's supplied it according to the standard of his riches. His riches and glory. Right? Just abundantly. Not like, wow, I guess that is enough love for me to be able to make it. No, overwhelmingly. A forgiveness that removes your transgressions as far as the east is from the west. That's the way the Psalms put it. Uh, it it's not being held up anymore. Over, overwhelmingly. Uh, in, in Christ Jesus, fully in the gospel, through Christ, our needs are met. Uh, they're met in part now and fully when Christ returns. Uh, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, so, so I wish I could convey the, the fullness of the truth of that statement and the beauty of it. Uh, I wish I could grasp hold of it for myself. Um, but Paul says we get to learn this contentment and experience the joy and, and the peace of it. Um, <clears throat> bring that into friendship. If we have that contentment in Christ from the gospel, if, we, if we're content in Christ, we're not trying to get that contentment from other people. We're not afraid of that contentment being taken away because of other people. Um, we're not, we're not insecure and grasping for satisfaction from, from our friendships and relationships. Uh, instead, what happens is, is we're content and so we're enabled to, to freely and openly love, uh, to care for others without worrying about what's coming back for us, to genuinely put their interests. This is the, this is the foundation for true friendship. The gospel opens up. So, so I want to draw that out just from a couple, a couple ways uh, from the passage. Uh, first point, being content, right? Because God will supply every need of yours in, in Christ. Uh, second point, being content in the gospel, but we're, we're not codependent in friendships. If we're content in friendships, uh, then we're not codependent uh, in friendships. Right? The gospel doesn't leave you needy and clingy uh, in, in relationships. Right, and, and all of us struggle with this. Right? Some of you already are going like, am I too clingy? I hope other people don't think I'm... Yes, we're all too clingy. We're needy in relationships. That's, that's the way uh, we're wired. Uh, um, all the struggle. We're all wondering different times, like, what if I don't fit in? Um, <clears throat> what if these people that are dumb around, like, it seems that they like me, but what if it's just because they're really nice people? Right? What if they're actually like frustrated, but they're just going to be going to be nice to me uh, anyway, and they don't really really like me? Or, or like people that we feel like we can trust, what do we do? Latch on to them, right? Um, latch on to them and stay with them. Won't let them go. Um, and even even with our friends, right? We constantly are looking for for reassurances, uh, and it's fine. Like give one another reassurances. That's a that's a good thing, right? But if if we're like anxious and don't know what to do without it. Then, I'm not saying that's wrong in the relationship. I'm saying that there's a contentment that the gospel brings that supplies that, that the friendship's not able to. Um, we're not co- codependent. 
Um, it's, it's God who supplies every need, and he'll do so. so we're not look, uh, uh, left clean looking for that for others. You can see that, uh, uh, see this again, uh, uh, see Paul's concern about this uh, in the passage from his, he's kind of concerned about a certain misunderstanding a couple different times. Right? There's these two statements that he makes, uh, this, this not that. I see in verse 11, you see in, in verse 17, it's, it's kind of odd, right? He's, What's happened is he's been uh, he's in some of y'all heard this, he's in uh, he's in custody in, in Roman prison um, or in Rome and in Roman custody uh, uh, under trial and uh, and his finances were lacking and the Philippian uh, church knew about that and they sent a gift uh, to him financial gift to him through Epaphroditus and so in this point in the letter part of what he's doing is just thanking them for that I right? said so, I rejoice that you uh, that you've shown this concern for me and given this um, and then he says not that I'm speaking of gain and need. It's, it's, it'd be a little bit weird if you're like you know, writing a thank you letter and you're like, thanks for this uh, stuff that you gave me. Not that I needed it, but I really want you to know that I appreciated it. Right? It's like, why, why is he doing this? And, and what, he's, what he's countering against, what he's being careful is he's not being misunderstood as being codependent on them. The way I'm putting it. Um, and his needs are actually fulfilled in Christ. He's admitting, yes, his circumstances would be way worse. If their, if their gift hadn't come, but in whatever situation, Christ has got him. Uh, Christ is enough for him. Um, so he says, not that I'm, not that I'm uh, in need. Um, he doesn't want them to, to feel like the, the, the responsibility of the relationship is, is on them. It's on what they, uh, what they do with it, how they uh, uh, relate to him. And then he says uh, in verse 17, same kind of thing, not that I seek the gift. He's going back and saying, listen, from the very beginning when I shared the gospel to you, as I went on in my gospel journeys, you said, we want to help you. And maybe we can't come along with you, but, but we can give you more time to be ministering to people and sharing the gospel so you're not having to make your own funds. When we can give gifts to you, we're going to send that to you. They did it. The next place that he was in, Thessalonica, they kept, uh, they kept and continue to do so, uh, he says. And he's, he's thanking them for them, but he's careful that they don't think that it's just what they're given that he wants. It says, it's not that I seek the gift. And this may be the other side of, uh, of codependence. He's not wanting to manipulate them with his needs. I, we're clinging to that other person. They've got to stay with us because, because we have needs. We're wanting to make sure they, they hold on to that. He's not just trying to use them to get something from them. Rather, he's, he's generally concerned for what's good for them. If I seek the gift, I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Right? He's concerned for, for their benefit. And so it's in some way odd for Paul to make these, these statements. He's not that, you know, he's guarding against the misunderstanding and creating a, a codependency. Because that would undermine content, the contentment of the gospel in friendships. Um, and he's wanting them to, to realize that and see that, and even for their, their benefit. Um, the gospel doesn't leave us uh, clingy uh, and needy. Christ has supplied that need that a, that a friendship or relationship is never going to be able to do. Um, we all struggle with this. Here's a few examples of that, uh, if it helps you kind of see the, see the application uh, for yourselves. Um, but I wanted, I'm always amazed, uh, like, like well, this is my eight year, eighth year uh, I'm doing this, I just see like the, the, the first week of class, freshmen, like best friends. I like, like, like ice cream social, beginning of the year, and these people come up, and the, these two girls, and they're, they're talking like, oh, like, and I'm meeting them, asking where they're from, and, 
Like, it seems like they know each other really well. Um, and then they're like, no, like, we're from different places. I'm like, oh, well, how'd you end up? No, we were just randomly placed as roommates. We were on the same hall. But they're like, they're like best friends. And they're talking about each other like they're, like they're best friends, right? Um, but, uh, and there's, like, sometimes there's this, there's this neediness uh, too where, um, you know, it's like they're, um, uh, like you think they just grown up together, they met, they, like there's inside jokes uh, all over the place, they're beginning to like finish one another's sentences, and they've only known each other like, like three days. Like this is weird, like, like why does it happen that way? Um, well, there's a legitimate like need that we have for coming like, I don't know other people, and you're here, hey, we're friends, right? Um, but then sometimes there's a cleanness to it, like, well, I'm going to, down the cafeteria and I don't have anyone to sit with, like, come with me, right? And I'm not leaving until you leave and we're, we're staying in this together. Um, the first week is hard. We're, I'm, I'm not saying that those aren't, uh, that, that, that sometimes those aren't really good friends and that, that last, but it's, it's funny to watch, like, this dynamic of just how we work, right? Um, here's another example. Uh, example of the, of the dating relationship. It's kind of turn, turn inwardly focused, right? It's so funny because everyone complains about this about other people, other relationships, and no one sees it about their own. Right? It's just like, it's always true. It's because all of us struggle with this. You're, you're in these things uh, all the time. Yes, this is you, but I'm not speaking to you specifically, right? Um, everyone complains about others. You don't, you don't see it in yourself, right? But when my couple's just like completely uh, codependent and intertwined, um, one person's never seen without the other. Like, you know that they take different classes, but, but they're like, every time in between classes they're together, and then sometimes if you're in the class, the person, you're like, wait, you're not even in the class, but they're like, the person they're dating is just coming there, like, oh, my friends in my class are taking notes for me. Like, this is odd. <clears throat> right? Um, it, uh, when it starts to seem like the couple has a double name, like, like my mom, her name's Linda K. And her middle name's K, but you don't call her Linda. She's, she's Linda K. But then couples begin to have this, like, it's a double name. Like, you don't speak of one without the other. Um, just for, just for, it's okay for Daniel and Kaylee because they're, they're married, right? You are two become one. But you can just speak of them as, like, Daniel and Kaylee. They actually have separate identities. It's fine. and joined together. But just for, right, it begins to be a double name. And you start talking about a, uh, a you know that happens, right? <laughs> uh, when you start to see that in, in things. Um, or, or if the couple begins to always speak of themselves in the plural, like you ask them the question, but they never respond with I. It's always we, right? Um, we, uh, um, they're even like answering for the other person. They're like, well, we don't think this would be a good idea for us. And you're like, how did you know what was in the house? They really are tight, right? Um, and uh, you know, dating relationship, if, the, if that breakup ever comes, watch out. I'd heard. Uh, I'm not saying relationships like that aren't going aren't gonna to last, but there can be a, a clingy and neediness that's just not healthy. Um, and it, right, you know this. It can even hurt the relationship when one person just starts to, starts to smother the other with their constant neediness kind of thing. There's a couple of examples. Really, like, every friendship, is an, every friendship that we have is an example of this, what we're struggling with constantly. I mean, how much do we just worry over relationships? The drama, the drama. Why is there always drama? This is why there's always drama uh, in, in every relationship. Um, right? We hurt as friendships rise and fall, as they fade to a distance, as it changes from semester to semester. Um, even just like how much, we, how much we give in relationships, and then we're finding that we're 
giving with an expectation. We didn't think we were giving to get, but then it, we kind of wondered why it wasn't reciprocated. Um, right, you do things in order that, or so that. Um, or, but I got you a Christmas present. Right, you didn't get me a Christmas present. That's why we do the White Essence Gift Exchange. Everyone gives each other like little crappy presents, and, and everyone's happy. Everyone got a gift. It was at the, it was at the White Elephant Gift Exchange at the Christmas party. <coughs> um, uh, now, now I'm afraid, like, I don't want you all just being left, like, feeling bad, like, oh, no, I'm too clingy, I'm too needy in relationships. Um, <coughs> um, it's, it's good to need one another. God has made you to need relationships, to need other people. Um, full satisfaction, though, is only found in Christ. It's not going to be found in the other relationships. Um, <clears throat> you don't need to be clingy to anyone but Jesus, and you need to constantly cling to him. Uh, our heart would rest in him. Uh, the gospel enables us to, to freely love others, regardless of how they're treating us, regardless of just what we're uh, getting out of them. So the danger of, of not being codependent, but then there's another side of that. Um, not being independent or overly independent, right? Being, being content in relationships leads us to not being codependent, but not being independent from uh, other people. Um, next week, I'll be uh, out of town um, all week over in Dallas because REF has staff training twice a year. One week's always in December. You can still call me or text me if I get a chance. I'll, I'll text you back when I'm out there. I'm still available to you. I still care. I still care. See, so you like me because I still care for you. <coughs> um, but uh, I got there. This, like, staff training is always like, a great time. It's a fun time. There's uh, different campus ministers. Like, guys I respect a lot. Uh, some of these guys I now have known for, for a while. People that have to, that I can trust. I'm afraid to trust. I still like, I trust, and it's great. But, um, <coughs> There's also this awkward time because I see these people, most of them, like, staff training twice a year. There's a lot of guys, maybe a few more times, you know, other than that. There's also some where, like, in seminars, and then after that, we're just hanging out. It's, you know, it's, it's like the general dorm thing, like, where am I going to go to lunch? Who's going where? Am I, am I tagging along with someone, or am I helping other people come along because they don't have a place to go? And, and I can tell you now, like, I love it. It's a painful week of social awkwardness for me. I'm constantly going to be fluctuating between, like, codependency and overly independent. There'll be like a room full of people and I'll be going around and I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen so-and-so. I'll be talking to Aaron Jeffrey and be like, oh. And then, like, I, I still, I'm still talking to him and I'm like, I don't know who else I'm going to talk to and I wonder if he's done with talking to me and there's other people that he needs to go talk to and who should I go talk to now, but I don't know who else I'm going to talk to. I'm going to keep talking to Aaron. <laughs> and like, like, I'm not trying to be good, but there I am. I'm, I'm needy. I'm going to be clean. I'm looking. I need something from the cleaning. Um, and then, like, when that's happened enough, I'm going to be like, um, the just ended. Yeah, I'm going to go up to my room. I just need to relax for a little bit, you know, and go for, go for a little bit of a walk to get away from the social pressure. Um, I need to be overly independent and remove myself because I don't know how to deal with it. Um, uh, that'll, that'll be my week next week. It's, it's actually a fun time, but for that part's hard. Um, my natural tendency is to be uh, way overly independent. All right, I'm going to hold myself back until I'm like sure that I'm sure that I'm sure that I'm sure that I can trust you, and then I'll tell you a little bit. Uh, like I trust Karen more than anybody and more than I could trust anyone, and I still like find that I'm more reserved with her than I, than I want to be. Um, this is this just the sense where I'm, I'm self-protective. 
That's how we are in relationships a lot of times. We don't want to let other people in because they're going to hurt us. Um, they, they will. It's just part of how relationships work. Right, but the gospel doesn't lead us away from people in relationships. That's not what you see in this passage. That's what you see of how Paul and the church in Philippi are relating to people there. The gospel is not lead, doesn't make us aloof, standoffish. It doesn't, doesn't put us at a distance from other people. Instead, it's the ground of true friendship and loving other people and moving toward them and pouring yourself out for them. And you can see this, we'll go through it more, but you can see it just from Paul's appreciation for the, for the church. You see it through the whole letter, especially I see it here. You see it in their care for him, things that he's talked about they've done. He hasn't removed himself from them, nor, nor have they uh, from him. Right? Paul starts off in verse 10, he's rejoicing. He's rejoicing greatly. Why? Because of them. Because they cared for him. It wasn't that he was desperate and needed it. He, could have, he was following the gospel without it. But they cared for him. And that made him rejoice. Uh, there was joy in their love and in the receiving uh, of it. Uh, you can hear how much his heart is open to them like, throughout this letter. Uh, he also goes on and speaks in, uh, in verse 15 of their, uh, uh, of their partnership with him. Right? No church entering into partnership with me and giving or receiving except a few only. Think about how much it's meant to them for them to join with him in, in the work that he was doing. He considered it a, 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 joint, uh, a joint labor uh, together. And he supported them financially uh, even since the beginning and beyond that. Um, he even describes it right in verse 14 as a, it was kind of you to share my trouble. It wasn't like it was all good for them. They were giving the, their resources to, to help them. And they're sharing his trouble. They hear that Paul's in prison and they're like, oh no, is the gospel still, Epaphroditus, go and help him. Is the gospel going to go out? He's telling them that God's still working. And they're sharing in this trouble. There's a close and open bond of contented friendship that Paul's describing. Um, each being concerned for the other uh, and looking for their best. All right, Paul, Paul's telling them uh, they've, how much they've benefited him. He says, I've received full payment and more. Uh, I am, I'm well supplied, having received all the gifts you sent. He talks about how, how beneficial it is for them. It's not the gift that he's seeking. Uh, it goes to their, uh, to their credit. He describes it as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. How do you think of it that way? Um, what you're able to, to give and trying to love other people, not what you get from return, but just, just because they're there and because you care about them, is a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. If it's not there, his love isn't like cast away from the... Uh, but, but this contentment of the gospel lets you love others in a way that God takes delight in. He wants to be able to motivate you to do that. That's glorifying to Christ when, when you do. Um, Paul and the Philippians are each willing to give up themselves for the other's benefit. Um, uh, even willing to step into pain for the others. Sharing his trouble. He speaks of his anguish for the, for the churches. Um, these are marks of true friendship. True friendship that the gospel enables. But the, the gospel means we don't have to hold ourselves at a distance from other people. And when they're, we're not sure if they like us, we're not sure if the thing, things they're going to do is, is accept us, we can still say, how can I care for that person? What can I do for them? Uh, we're not sure what we'll get out of it. Is this just going to be a one-sided relationship? I don't care. 
the, the thought of everything I need is filled in Christ. I want to still care about them. I want to still care about the person. Uh, the gospel means we don't have to, have to hold ourselves back. It means we don't have to hold other people at a distance. Let's sort of run away from people that hurt us. Um, I have to hide in our room in staff training. Um, we, don't have to, we don't have to say, no, I won't trust you. People ask how you're doing, and you can say, not so great. If you have time for me to tell you about it, I would love to have someone to talk to. Um, maybe they'll say yes, maybe they'll say no. They're like, I didn't expect that. Uh, but we don't have to hold other people at a distance. The gospel means we can love one another freely. Um, because Christ has freely and fully loved us. And we're content in that relationship that we get to, I guess, to flow out into how we treat one another. How we treat others. Uh, people that we think are great, people that are difficult. I and mean, we get to be concerned for their benefit, not just what we get. We even, even willing to enter into hurt and pain. Willingly. Um, what do you look for in friendships? Um, just, is it just who you're around? Is it because is it you can tell they really like you and care about you? Have the same interests, same sense of humor, laugh the same things. That's great. What are you What are you looking for in those friendships? How, why are you after them? Is it Is it because you need something that you think they're going to give you that's only given from Christ? Find it where it's given freely. God's not holding back. Um, and, and still move toward people in relationships. What is it that you try to give others? What do you try to be uh, in a in a relationship? Um, and, and why? Is it, is it expecting something in return so they can tell that you're a good friend, so they'll be good friends with you? What do you need from others in a relationship? Or if, or if that's not there, you start to hurt, you start to worry, you start to move away, you start to close down. Are you the clingy friend? The answer that is yes. Uh, right, for all of you, yes, yes, you, you are the, the clean friend. Are you afraid of being stuck with a clean friend? Yeah? Um, are, are, you, are you removed and, and aloof? Yeah. Are you, are you afraid of, uh, of others removing themselves from you? And the hurt, the damage that would do? Um, listen, the gospel enables you to face all those things. Uh, to face all those things and to face all the people in your life and enables you to love. enables you to give yourself for them and caring about, uh, caring about their best and their, their interests. It enables you to love because Christ has loved you. Because Christ has loved you uh, fully. I'm just going to go back and read verse 19 again. Um, hear that. Remember this. Remind yourself of this um, for, the, for the beauty of it in the gospel. My God, Paul says, will supply every need of yours according to his riches. His riches and glory are in Christ Jesus. 